on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, the importance of Sonny Milano on this team, and we're going to talk about food a little bit. Yeah, it correlates all of this on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everyone? I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade, and I'm welcoming you to Locked On Ducks, and thank you for making this your first listen of the day. And don't forget that this show is brought to you by rockauto.com, all the parts your car will ever need. So on today's show, we're going to talk about Sonny Milano for more than a couple of minutes, mainly because of the performance he had on Sunday and why I think he could be key in the Ducks' resurgence. Now, I'm not saying the Ducks make the playoffs this season, but I think they might turn some heads, maybe just a little bit. And pizza. Yes, pizza. But before we get into that talk, let's talk about Sunday's game once again. I know I talked about this on Monday's podcast. The reason I'm bringing this back up again is because I feel like I didn't talk enough about Sonny Milano in general. And that's because I talked about other players that are likely going to be on the goals. But I didn't talk about a player that's likely going to be on the Ducks. And the reason I didn't was because, well, frankly... He didn't play with the Ducks at all last season. He had concussion issues. He's had a bevy of injuries over the past couple of seasons. When he made his debut with the Anaheim Ducks, you'll remember this, 19 months ago. That's how long it was. You guys remember that? Remember the feeling that you had entering the arena that day? I do. I remember that feeling. There was a bit of anticipation because I had seen Milano play in person several times. And this is getting very personal here. A lot personal. The first time I saw Sonny Milano play was in 2015-2016 when he was a member of the Lake Erie Monsters. So we're going way back here. And at Lake Erie, I could already tell that he was a man among boys. In that season, he had 31 points in 54 games. But that's not the important part. The important part was his immense effect in that playoff run. I remember when the Lake Erie Monsters played the Ontario Reign. Yeah, so we're going back to 2016. And I saw up close just how good Milano was and how much he terrorized Ontario. And he helped lead that team to a sweep of the Ontario Reign in the Western Conference Final. I saw both games in Ontario, covered both games in Lake Erie, or Cleveland, as it were. Then he went on to dominate once again in the Calder Cup Finals against the Hershey Bears. And what happened in that series? Milano had some very key points in that series and was very key in leading that team to the sweep, including that Game 4, a very important Game 4 at the queue. That crowd was just awesome. There was 18,000 fans inside the Quicken Loans Arena, as it was then called, for hockey. Not just for hockey, for minor league hockey. And what happened there in front of 18,000 fans? They got that overtime goal with two seconds left. Oliver Bjorkstrand, Milano was right there, and that put it away. So the Monsters won the Calder Cup. And Milano was known then as one of the key components of that team. So he helped 
catapult that to a successful season in Cleveland the following season. 47 points in 63 games. He was still young at the time, only 2021. So you could tell that his stock was rising. Then he went up to Columbus. His first, I, I guess I could say his first full season in the National Hockey League. He had 22 points in 55 games. And he was used pretty well with Columbus that season. The following year, he had a bit of a down season. He didn't play many games between Cleveland and Columbus because of injuries. Only 35 games. But he still did okay. 25 points in those 35 games. And that was fine. Then in 2020, after that pretty fair start in Columbus, he got shipped off to Anaheim and he had five points in nine games before the pandemic shut everything down. But just to go back to the importance of that game, that trade was an important one because at the time, it was thought maybe the Ducks need to get some future assets and Sonny Milano is that kind of player that still has an upside and when he's healthy, he can produce points. He can produce assists. He can do a lot with the players around him and he proved it in that very first game. And I'll just say, walking in, as soon as that trade went down, I said, I am excited to watch this. I want to see his debut in person because I know he wants that good first impression. And there was an interview before that game. And we're going way back here. And I may have mentioned this in a podcast back then. Where pre-game or even during that first practice, he said he was excited to get a fresh start. That was the big deal for him. So what happened in that first game? He scored right away in the first period. And then what did he do after that? He scored the game-winning goal in overtime. Yeah, the game-winner. That was big. That was bigger than big. Coming off of those two goals, including that overtime winner, and I remember the fans leaving that building saying, you know what, we got a good one. We got a really good one in Sonny Milano. And too bad he only played eight games after that before everything shut down because he did well, five points, and analytically, he was very good in those nine games. He seems to be everywhere, everywhere during that stretch of nine games. I looked at maybe the last five games. Even though he didn't score a whole lot of points, it was still his effect on the ice. Where his Corsi 4, like his Corsi um, 4 percentage was very good. His expected goals were not bad. In fact, I would say they were pretty good. I expected him to get maybe four or five goals in there. His expected goals were higher than what he actually scored. But what happened there was a little bit of bad luck. That's just how it is. Yeah, sorry. But then I look at that game against the Edmonton Oilers and that sick assist from Adam Henrique, and that was really the Ryan Gesloff Henrique, you know, working together in that overtime. And then Milano just coming around swooping around he made room for himself in that power play and that resulted in the goal against the Oilers yes if you recall this let's think about this remember who drew the penalty yeah remember who got the game-winning goal remember who got the penalty in overtime I remember very clearly this was Connor McDavid completely effing up in that game. Now that I'm mentioning this, now it's coming back, isn't it? Yeah, Connor McDavid got that really 
dumb tripping penalty close into overtime. And he was in the box, and he couldn't do a damn thing about it because about a, about a minute into that power play, that's when Milano scored. And even after that, yes, he only scored three points. Okay, fine, whatever. He scored a point against Pittsburgh like the following game. He scored a point against the Wild. I believe it was that second-to-last game because they lost against Minnesota. No, the, yeah, it was the game against Minnesota, and then it was the game against St. Louis. So it was that weird back-to-back right there. But, you know, got to give credit where credit is due. Milano, I thought, looked really good. He looked great. But too bad we didn't get to see a whole lot more of him. All right, we're going to head into a short break. But first, let's talk about rockauto.com, which has all the parts your car will ever need. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and hey, whether you have a Chevy or a Toyota or a Ford or a Fiat or a Mini Cooper, guess what? rockauto.com has the parts for you. Guess what? They've been family-owned and operated for over two decades, and their prices are so low that they're at least 50% off the usual price from the big box stores. So go to rockauto.com in the How Did You Hear About Us box. Tell them that Locked On Ducks sent you. I recommend it. I got my windshield wipers from there. They work perfectly. Love them. Once again, rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto. And this is also brought to you by Direct TV. Sorry, Direct TV. The way it's spelled is D-I-R-E-C-T-V. Yes, this is the simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle, without having to shuffle through all these remotes. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports like Ducks Hockey, movies like the Mighty Ducks films, and your shows all in one place. And the best part, the best part, you ready for this? There's no annual contract, no three-year contract worth $4 million here. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Okay, so I've talked about Sonny Milano up until the pandemic hit. But what about since then? Okay, he's he's been hurt. He's been very hurt. And it's too bad because he's got a lot of potential. Guys, he's still only 25 years old. Please keep that in mind. He's still young. He's considered a quote-unquote kid. He's still part of that roster where I say, let the kids play. He's under 26. I say, yeah, he's still a kid. And honestly, that wasn't a bad trade. The Ducks gave up Devin Shore for Sonny Milano, albeit a few games so far. But Sonny Milano, in training camp, looks like he's back in original form, not 2020 form, I'm talking 2017-2018 form. I'm talking about the form that we saw with him in Columbus and Cleveland when he was playing his best hockey. And he's even said so. He's been quoted as saying he's excited to be out there. You could tell watching interviews. I could tell that he is just chomping at the bit 
to get out there and he wants to play a full season in Anaheim. He so desperately wants that. So where does he fit in in all this? I would say Sonny Milano fits in third or fourth line on the wing. He's got a really good shot. He still has one of my favorite shots out there. And the other reason I say that is because I look at his analytics numbers. His shooting is among the best in the league. And by shooting, I mean shooting accuracy. It has always been very good for expected goals for. That's why he has his expected goals higher than most people. It's because he has that shot. His expected goals for is in the top 60% of the league. Shooting is way up there. Goals per 60 is also up there at about 80%. The only thing is power play. Power play is actually really low. But I don't know if I expect him in that first power play unit. Yes, he had a good power play when he was 4 on 3. 5 on 4, he's he's decent on power play. 6 on 5, he's fine. So I look at the 4 on 3 as being bit of a misnomer. He's the kind of player that loves it when there's a lot of room out there. He is best when he's able to work around the defense and he has room for himself. Three on three, put Milano out there as much as possible because when he has room, he is deadly. When I look at his even strength defense, it's middle of the road and it's fine. His expected goals against is middle of the road, which is fine. So he's decent at defense. But I also look at the contract. The contract is not a bad one for Sonny Milano. He's making less than $2 million a season. I got to say, it's not bad. It's really not bad at all. It's, it's still considered a good value contract for Sonny Milano, considering who the Ducks gave up, considering the trade. I, I like it. I like Sonny Milano in that third line. Where else I could see him fit in? On the second power play, maybe with Trevor Zegris if Zegris makes the team. If he does not make the team, then I could possibly see Milano out there with Troy Terry. I think Terry and Milano have differing styles that I think they would work well together. And yes, you're going to hear me say this. I'd even put Milano out there with Ryan Getzloff. I would. Milano has that decent shot. Getzloff is still a pass-first center. Why the heck not? I mean, if you're not going to put Getzloff on your first power play unit, why not put him on your second power play unit? I still don't know where the Ducks are going to go on the power play. But keep that keep that core in the second unit because the first unit is probably going to have Adam Henrique. It's probably going to have Ricard Raquel. It's probably going to have Max Comtois. Let's face it, that's who they're probably going to have out there and probably Cam Fowler on defense. But with Milano, why not put him out there with, you ready for this, Hampus Lindholm. Lindholm would be the kind of defenseman that could maybe lead a power play if pressed to do so on the second unit. But hey, better idea, Josh Manson. Josh Manson is still a good quarterbacking power play defenseman. He's still pretty good at that. For what it's worth. Or, oh, how about this? Jamie Drysdale. Drysdale might make the team. Drysdale can float around. He can create space for himself and maybe create space for his teammates. Like a Sonny Milano. 
So that's where I see Milano fitting in long term. Yes, he's only got one more year on his contract, but like I just said, it's still a good one. It's under two million, one point seven million to be exact. He is a restricted free agent. This is a contract year for Milano, and he knows it. He needs to have a big season if the Ducks have any intention on keeping him. So I expect Milano to have a breakout season this year. I expect it. All right, we're going to head into a break. But first, let's talk about betonline.ag, which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust, which is betonline.ag. Baseball's in full swing. And hey, how about that AL wildcard race between the Red Sox, Yankees, Blue Jays, and Mariners? The Mariners! How about that? Basketball's coming up. The WNBA is in semifinal mode. Oh, how about that Connecticut Sun Chicago Sky Series? That'll be a good one. And also, hockey's coming. I mean, NFL's here too, but hockey is coming, folks. So check out all the action at betonline.ag. Use promo code Locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Once again, that's betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly, folks. All right, we are going to head into an intermission. When we come back, we're going to talk a few more seconds about Sunny Milano and pizza. Hmm. Stay locked in. Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. And once again, I want to thank you all for listening. So a couple more notes about Sonny Milano and about the Ducks in general. So one of my favorite websites out there is Hockey Stat Cards. And what this does, it gives a game score to all the players that are out there. And the highest game scores were for the Sharks. Rudolph's Balsers, Brent Burns, and Mario Ferraro. For what it's worth, they're decent players. The Sharks are not going to be good this season. Then you had Jasper Weatherby and Adam Raska up there. What? The Ducks won 6-3, right? So why are a bunch of Sharks on the top of the game score? Because they put up a lot of shots because they had an expected goals for that was way high. And not many went in. You know why? Because of goaltending. You know who was the goaltender that only let in one goal but saw some action? Lucas Dostal, who had a positive game score. Also up there was Bryce Kindop, Buddy Robinson, Alex Limoges. Oh, hey, look at that. Sonny Milano, a 1.2 game score. Not bad. Higher than him were Cody Curran, Alexander Volkov, Bo Gru. Troy Terry had by far the highest score, but he had two points in this game. Terry was unbelievable playing with Sonny Milano. But Milano, he had a good game himself, so good to see him get that positive game score, 1.22. Two assists. So there you go. And speaking of Sonny Milano, there was a question that I brought up on the LO underscore Ducks Twitter. We're going to have a little bit of fun here. Not a whole lot of hockey talk because there was a video that came out in the dressing room and Sonny Milano was the first guy that was asked. I kind of chuckled at this. Pineapple on pizza. Apparently, it's divided the dressing room. So much so that Sonny Milano was the first guy that came out 
And he said, oh, no, no. Milano is not a pineapple on pizza guy. He's just not. Then you look at some of the other ducks and got their opinion on it. Well, yeah, I, I love Milano. I, I love his reaction where he's just like, please. Gibson, I mean, he's kind of like whatever about it. I think I don't think he's huge on pineapple. But then the goaltending coach comes in and he says, yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, some players love it. You have a couple of guys that say, yeah, pineapple absolutely belongs on pizza. But for the most part, the Ducks player said, no, there is no pineapple on pizza. So I put it up to a poll. So far, does pineapple belong on pizza? And so far, you guys said, yes, pineapple does belong on pizza. Okay, sure. But it's very split. It's about half and half. I will give you my answer right now. Does pineapple belong on pizza? I'm sure all a dozen of you. (laughs) I mean, out out of all the people listening, I'm sure only 10% of you care if I think pineapple belongs on pizza. And if you want, you can berate me in person on Wednesday about this. I think pineapple does belong on certain pizza. Pineapple's only okay on Hawaiian pizza. Pineapple and ham and the Hawaiian pizza, that's it. Have I had Hawaiian pizza? I have it maybe once a year. I think it I think it's fine. If you're in the mood for it, I think it's fine. In general, I do not put pineapple with salami or pepper. It just doesn't work. It doesn't mix pepperoni and pineapple. But on its own with ham, yeah, I would say it belongs on a pizza. You got that sweet and savory. And I'm going to go foodie mode here. But I think there's plenty of foods that are sweet and savory that are delicious. I'll give an example. Monte Cristo sandwich. One of my favorite dishes. And I got to thank my buddy Ben who introduced me to Monte Cristo's a long time ago out in North Hollywood. At a couple of really good spots that had them. Including Coral Cafe. Way up there. Yeah, love it. Love Monte Cristo sandwiches. You got that egg, you got that savory, then you got the sweet maple syrup on there. So I like it a lot. Pineapple, pizza, yeah, sure, why not? Not my favorite pizza though. No, no, no. I have said on record on this podcast that pizza is probably my favorite food. My favorite topping is pepperoni. Like 90 out of 100 times, I will get pepperoni pizza or I'll get pepperoni and sausage. That's what I will normally get. But how about that 5% where maybe you're just craving something a little bit sweet. Maybe you want that pineapple. I'm just saying for those of you that poo-poo the idea of pineapple on pizza, if you haven't tried it, then just try it once. I mean, there are a couple. I mean, California Pizza Kitchen That is one spot that makes really good Hawaiian pizzas, for the record. So if you want a good Hawaiian, go to CPK. Even Little Caesars has... Actually, I've only tried Little Caesars pineapple pizza once, the Hawaiian, and it was fine. But the CPK pizza, that one's really good. As far as homemade pizza, you know, yes, I've had homemade pizza. Yes, I'll put the pineapples on there once in a while if I'm in the mood. Yeah, it totally belongs. But again, with ham... Not with anything else. 
So that's where I stand on that. If if you want to say this to me in person, I'll you know I'll be at the game on Wednesday. I'll be at the pond on Wednesday. Just look for me at the pond. You know, come say hi, come say whatever. I expect someone to come to me and say, "So you're the guy that likes pineapple on pizza, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, you're damn right I do." <laughs> All right, we're gonna end on a kind of note of frivolity, but come back next time. Next time we're gonna talk. I don't know what we're gonna talk about yet, but I'm sure I'll figure it out. Actually, no, I do want to talk about the TV broadcasting a little bit, so we will talk about that for a short bit, and whatever else comes to mind on the next podcast. And don't forget, we have some preseason hockey Wednesday at the pond against the Coyotes. Hope to see some of you guys there. All right, that's going to do it for today. Thank you so much for listening. It is greatly appreciated. Please be sure to rate, comment, subscribe. It is free to listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts, Podbean. Yeah, all of those. Check it out. Just make sure you subscribe. Once again, make it your first listen of the day. And thank you all for making this your first or last listen of the day. It is greatly appreciated and can't wait to see you guys at the ponds again. And I can't wait to see you guys in San Diego again. It's going to be a season. It's going to be a season. Can't wait. All right. Thanks, everybody. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great day. Please continue to be safe out there. Be kind to one another and ducks fly together.